Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Hebrews 3 and 14 the Bible says for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end and then if you would turn over to 1st Corinthians the 15th chapter verse number 58 therefore my beloved brethren be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Eternal God, we are once again grateful to you and thankful for, Lord, it is in you that we live, we move, we have our very being. It's because of you that we're here today person to person, live and in living color, and then those on the other side of media land, they're viewing us. But God, we're all here gathered today because of your goodness and your mercy toward us. Now, Lord, please help us to not just be a hearer of your word, but be a doer of it. And Lord, as always, would you please lend me thine anointing, that anointing that comes from the word of God that will break every yoke, chain, and fetter, and when people are saved and delivered and living for you, we'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, once again, Hebrews 3 and 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Amen. Just for the remaining time that I have, I'd like to leave this thought with you. Staying steadfast in the faith. As we look at the thought that we want to carry on today, it's simply saying that we should be steadfast in the faith. Staying steadfast in the faith. So there's two words that I like to highlight that stick out. One is steadfast and the other is faith. Steadfast, that's firmly fixed in place, unmovable, not subject to change to the steadfast doctrine of original sin. And then that word faith is belief and trust in and loyalty to God. I sure hope we're loyal to God because we can't be loyal to anything else. Other things will come and go. Other things will fail us. But one thing that will never fail is Jesus. Jesus never fails. So that faith that we're talking about today is belief and trust in and loyalty to God. 
belief in traditional doctrines of a religion. Now, let me simply say this. Our world, the world that you and I live in today, is in a state of uncertainty. And the only thing for sure today is change. You see, the values we once held and were taught are now changed. Principles in politics and family values have all but disappeared. The family has now been redefined. Instead of it consisting of a mom and a dad and children, it has a whole new meaning. Things have also changed in the church, in the religious realm, in the religious community. Things have changed as well. Some religious organizations and congregations and ministries have allowed the principles and the doctrine that were once held to be biblical truths from the Holy Scriptures are now being viewed as out of date, out of step, antiquated, needing to be changed and conformed to the culture of today's Society. I'm reminded that the Bible told us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. But the scriptures have warned us of the uncertainty and shakiness of many things in our world as we approach the end times. Let me read in your hearing Hebrews 12, 25 through 28. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who received him that spade on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? Whose voice then shaken the earth. But now he have promised, saying, yet once more. I shake not the earth only, but also heaven and this whole world. Well, this world is what the scripture says. And the word, this word, yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Let me just pause right there. We ought to be serving God with reverence. You know, it used to be a time where people reverenced the house of God. It used to be a time where people reverenced the man of the cloth. It used to be a time where people would listen when the word of God was preached. Now we find them in all kind of postures. <laughs> but that's okay. You sleep on, sleep on. If this is the only place you can get some sweet sleep, go ahead and sleep. I ain't going to mess with you. 
but we, we, we got out of reverencing God. And we don't have a godly fear anymore. We fear man, but we don't fear God. I'm telling you, it's, it's comforting to know that we are established upon the rock. Somebody say the rock. Ooh, thank you, Lord, for the rock of our salvation. We are established upon the rock which can never be moved from the place. And that rock is Jesus Christ, just in case you didn't know. And it says this, and upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I read it in part, but when you get a chance, go, go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. And, and what happened was Jesus was traveling from Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, he says, who do men say that I am? And some says, some say you John the Baptist, some say Elias. But he said, whoa, time out, wait a minute. Well, who do you? The ones that have been walking with me for three and a half years, I've been pouring into you. Who do you say that I am? Big mouth Peter. You know he's the spokesperson. Thou art Christ, the son of the living God. He said, Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed that to you. But my father, which is in heaven. He said, upon this rock, upon this truth, upon this belief, I'll build my church. Watch this. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't care what's coming at you right now. I don't care how fast and how furious it's coming. But as a child of God, you've got the presence of God in you, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So you've got that dunamis power within you. Not to fear and not to faint. We've got the rock of our salvation. The Lord has delivered the faith into the hands of of the church. Somebody say, I am the church. You got that right. This brick and mortar, that's not the church. We are the church. We are the hands. We are the feet. We are the mouthpiece of God. That's why you can't be just acting crazy out there. I, I know sometimes people make you want to, as some people say, lay your Holy Ghost down. Please, sir, man, don't ever adapt that phrase because you can't lay it down. It's not like that. Don't lose your quote-unquote religion because somebody made you mad. We are the light of the world. If we lose that light, this world will go dark. How many of you remember the blackouts in New York years ago? Now, you talking about blackout? And you know they say New York is the city that never sleeps. Well, they found some sleep that day because the lights went out and nobody could see anything. I'm trying to get to you today to let you see your light must shine. Because if it goes out, if it blacks out in this world, this world's going to be in a fix. You might be the only light that somebody has as a compass to guide them to Jesus. You're not only the light, but you're the salt of the earth. Scripture says if the salt loses its savor. <laughs> I know I'm looking at a bunch of folk that love to eat. And some of y'all eat to live, and then some of y'all live to eat. But however you want it, 
Every last one of y'all like your food seasoned, right? You like to have a little pepper, a little salt, a little paprika, whatever your favorite seasonings are. But you don't want me to give you a piece of bland meat with nothing on it. It, do, it doesn't hit the spot. Well, what do you think about in the spiritual sense? If we are the salt of the earth, well, let me just pause here a minute. Do you realize that salt is a preservative? Do you realize what salt does? It enhances things. That's why we like it. Some of us shouldn't be eating it. But that's why we like it. But in the natural food bland, in the spiritual, we can't affect, we can't impact anybody because we've lost our savor. Now, if you go back and you read that, the salt that it was referring to is not like the Morton salt that we eat. It was pieces of salt that they used uh, in rooftops. When you get a chance, you, you study it. But I'm saying to you, we can't afford to lose our savor. We can't afford not to be light and salt. Because he, he delivered faith into the hands of the church. We are the church. And he expects the church to be steadfast. Let's stand steadfast and be faithful unto God. His return for his church is near. I remember Andre Crouch wrote a song and said, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Some of us, we don't believe it. But do you know we are at, right at the brink of the Lord's return? Now, don't get me wrong, because I'm not going ever put myself where you said, I thought you said the Lord was coming back on December. No, you'll never hear me give a date. But we can look at the times and we can see that the Lord is drawing nigh. And because of that, he will reward those who are faithful to the end. That's why Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the judge, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But not to me only, but to all them also that love is appearing. Would you put your hands together if you believe one day you're going to be back with God? You're looking for his appearance. You're looking for him to crack the sky. Any moment now, any day now, we could be going home. Andre Crouch wrote another song, It Won't Be Long then we'll be leaving here. It won't be long, and then we'll be going home. Our great apostle and high priest, Jesus Christ, has built himself a house, the church. Those who hear God's word and obey it become a part of the church. The people of God, that's who we are. God has given many promises to his people. And if we will only believe him, his precious and sure promises can be ours. Somebody say it's mine. You believe it or not, it is yours for the asking. It's a shame how many people on that day will be left simply because they've never asked God, forgive me of my sins. They've never repented of those sins, never repented of the lifestyle that they were living never was baptized in Jesus' name, nor filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's going to be something, because all he had to do was ask. But if we are to be partakers of them, 
we must remain faithful to him and to his word. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God is looking for us to be steadfast. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. He watches us every day. And he's wanting us to be steadfast in the midst of all we're going through. It's amazing how this climate, this atmosphere that we're in right now has changed the heart of believers, has changed the heart of people that once walked with God and wouldn't think of leaving God for nothing. But now because of the times we're in and the hardships that's upon us, we find people not being steadfast. But God is just looking for us to, to stay and be steadfast in faithfulness as a faithful servant. These are the things God is looking for. He's looking for faithfulness as a servant and as a son or a daughter of God. And as a faithful church, God is looking for us to be that. But as Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end, that's Hebrews 3 and 6, that at times ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Oh, Lord, help us. I don't know about you, but I could not make it. I could not take it without Christ being in my life and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off and are made nigh by the blood of Christ, Ephesians 2, 12 and 13, to whom God would make known that is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 and 27. Now allow me, my brothers and sisters, to share with you some hindrance to faithfulness. Mm -hmm. There's some things I know that hinder you from being faithful. And some things we, we're not even cognizant of. We're not even aware that these things that we might be involved in or engaged in are hindrances to faithfulness. One of them is refusing to hear. Israel refused to hear God's word. Obedience is impossible without hearing. How can a person obey God's word if he doesn't hear it? For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For after that, in wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Now watch this. It's by preaching. And there are people that call it foolishness. Why you go listen to all that foolishness? Because God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That's the only way you're going to be saved is through the gospel. And that's in 1 Corinthians 1, 8, 18 and verse 21. How then they that call on him whom they have not believed 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10 and 14. And with many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Acts 22 and 40. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. First Timothy 4 and 16. Another hindrance is the hardening of the heart. I don't know if you've ever experienced, as you've been saved, there'll be people that you wanted to witness to, you have witnessed to, on the job, in the hood, and even in your family. And they go and they tell you, listen, go somewhere with that. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that. They, they say a lot of other things, some superlative. They, and you look at them, but they don't want to hear. What's happening is, after a while, their heart gets to be hardened. Example, remember how the Lord told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Remember how many plagues it was? That's how many times Moses went to him. And every time his heart got a little bit harder and a little bit harder and a little bit harder until Moses said, listen, this is the last time you're going to see me. Let my people go. Pharaoh's heart was so hardened, he wouldn't budge until the death angel came that night. And every firstborn of Israel died. And everyone that wasn't in that house that was covered with the blood over that doorpost, they died. Why? Because their heart had gotten hardened. Harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Forty years long, I was grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err from their heart and they have not known my ways. That's in Psalms 95 verses 8 and 10. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today ye will hear his voice. Harden not your heart as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness where your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Listen, how many times has God spared your life and you went back and did the same thing? We used to sing a song, we're serving a merciful, 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 merciful must we serve a merciful God? God put up with their foolishness for 40 years. 40 years. He says, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Hebrews 3, 7 through 10. And last but not least, how we can have hindrance to our faith is by provoking God. Some of us, we, we like to live on the edge. We like to see how, how close to the world we can get. We like to provoke God to see, what is he going to do if I do that? When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. How is it when God's people allow their fleshly lust? to override God's voice. Mm -hmm. See, your desire and your want, what you want to do, 
that make you feel good, that you know is contrary to the word. How do you know? Because the Bible says he didn't know if to do good and do it not. To him it is it's sin. So you know when you step over into it. But God is saying, you know what? You're overriding me. I put the, and this is, this is the shocker. People that have the Holy Ghost can sin. Hello. Oh, oh y'all thought y'all was sin free? As long as you wrapped in this stuff called flesh, there will be the propensity for you to sin. Now, I'm not saying you have to sin, but what I'm saying is if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you don't have a prayer time, you don't have a time of fasting, you don't have a time of staying in the word of God, you don't have a time of fellowship, it's easy for your flesh to override your spirit. And their lust would override them where they wouldn't hear out they wouldn't hear God's voice. They just tune them out. God is then, you know what he's going to do? He's forced. He doesn't want to do it, but you force God to reject those who refuse his word. God warns us. He warns us against unbelief because there is a hefty cost attached to unbelief and disobedience. Anybody believe that? Israel the nation of Israel, they serve as a constant reminder and example of those who refuse to obey God and his laws. And, you know, we can always look at Israel and say, man, them were some sinning people. They did this and they did that, but they were an example to us that we shouldn't do it. But we find ourselves doing it. While it is said today, somebody say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, I want to help somebody because God has been dealing with you for a minute, as we like to say in modern day vernacular. And we know a minute in this, what we're talking about, has been a long time. He's been dealing with you. He's been speaking to the issues of your heart. And you know, and he knows, will you hear his voice today? He says, harden not your hearts. We talked about how easy it is for a heart to get hardened. Harden not your heart as in the day of the provocation. For some, when they heard, did provoke. They heard his voice, but then they turned around and provoked God. Can you provide for me? You, you know the account. They said, God, we want some food. He gave them manna from heaven. We tired of eating that, them stale wafers. We want some meat. He gave them quail. We thirsty. Told Moses to speak to the rock and, and water came. See, they were provoking God. How be it now all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Now, remember, there was a lot that came out. But then God already knew that there were going to be some that y'all can't. Thank you, Jesus. See, that's why sometimes we will see people periodically come to Christ and then we'll look around and we won't see them anymore and I'm not listen hear me and hear me clearly I'm not talking about a church I'm talking about a relationship with Christ you can not be in this brick and mortar and be saved but don't forget the Bible says forsake not the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is seeing that the day of the Lord approaches but what I'm saying is I'm not talking about just not seeing you at church I'm talking about seeing you living for God, wherever you are. 
Some of them came out. But later on, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Some of them came out, but some of them, they died. Their sin, died in their sin. Whose carcasses, in other words, those bodies that fell in the wilderness. They, they made it out of Egypt, but they didn't have belief. They provoked God. And to whom swear he that should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Please, sir, please, ma'am, on this day, know that staying steadfast in the faith is what God is calling us to do. I don't care where you go. You can live for God anywhere. That's the truth. I, I once had a, a, a brother that uh, he was faithful, but it seems like his job called for him to move all over the country. But guess what? Anywhere I, I saw him or I could call him, he was still saved. But you know what that meant? He had to be steadfast to the faith, no matter what city, no matter what state, and even sometimes what country. I didn't get saved in the United States. I got saved in Germany. So what was I supposed to do when I left Germany and came back to the States? Fall off? No. I connected to a church, a Bible-believing church, a church that believed people need to repent of their sins. A church that believed they needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. A church that believed that people need to be filled with God's Holy Ghost. And that's been over 40 years ago. And I'm just simply saying, staying steadfast to the faith. Don't let this situation that our country is going through, I'm not saying our world is going through, don't let this shake your faith. Don't let this rattle you. Don't let this weaken you. Because I'm telling you, it won't be long and we'll be leaving here. Every head bowed and all eyes closed. Lord Jesus, you know today's word. And Lord, you know exactly what was needed. And those that, Lord, are here. And those that are out, Lord, in Facebook and YouTube and anchor, and all of the other social media platforms. This word, Lord, let it convict and convince the hearer today that if they hadn't been steadfast, now's the time to fasten down and be unmovable and always abound in the work of the Lord. If there's any here today, and I might add, out there in the social media land that has never known the Lord, in the power and might of his Holy Spirit. Never known him in the parting of your sins. Today's a great day to come to Jesus just as you are. Are you here today? Are you here? God knows your heart and he knows what you need. Please don't let it be said too late. Thank you, Father, I gotta give you thanks because Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at the now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise because you have heard my cry. 
We have been smothered by the grace of God and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise.